0: Go, tell it on the mountain That Jesus Christ is born Oh, oh, almost got him. I had to take my shot. Hey, what's up, everybody? What would you think of Clark Clark Beckham? (laughs) Tomorrow night at 6.30, the band will be here. It will be fantastic, and I can't wait for you guys to hear all of them going on. When I was 18 years old, I left, um... Uh, Texas, I was going to school at WT, um, left New Mexico because God had put on my heart to go to a thing called Master's Commission. The first thing they do at Master's Commission is they uh, take you on this uh, bus route. Um, today I am going to talk to you about the bus route. And I'm going to have two points today and possibly a third. This is totally Old Testament. If you read your Bible, you'll know what it means when you say, there's two things I want to talk about, maybe a third, Okay. That's funny. Nobody reads, the, nobody reads their Bible. Where, where's it at? Where's it at? It's Old Testament, huh? You're, you're tracking it. Jeff knows his Bible, I'm telling you right now. But I'd like for you to open your Bible, and I want to go to Luke chapter 2. We are in a series called Go Tell It on the Mountain. And last week, we had a really important foundational truth that we all had to start with, okay? But in order for us to understand today, we're going to have to understand The instructions that came with Jesus' birth, okay? Now, maybe you've heard this before, quite possibly. You have a million different directions on where you could go on how you probably heard this story. But it's worth repeating. And so I'd like to take off. And in Luke chapter 2, it says this. Now, where there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. few things here. This was shepherds. These were homeless shepherds. It wasn't because they couldn't afford a home. It was just that this was a part of the job. They slept with the sheep. They were with the sheep. They were on a campfire all the time. And this is where the story begins. There were, in those days, in the same country shepherds. They were living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. But then in verse 9, it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, uh, in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And see the quotes here? This is to remind us the angels still speaking. The angels told them all this. And he goes on and he says this. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude. How many is multitude? A whole lotta. A whole lotta. A whole lot of angels with heavenly hosts praising God and saying, This is so cool. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, Peace, goodwill towards men. That part really revolves and, and resounds in our hearts after our message from last week, understanding what it was like to be an enemy of God, but now the joy of recognizing that all of heaven is rejoicing, that, that we have peace and goodwill towards men. And so it goes on, and so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, dude, Dude, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And he goes on. And they came with haste. I mean, they hurried. They shuffled those little, those little sandals as fast as they could and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known. What did they do? They made widely known. Try it again. They made widely known. And today, I have been praying that the Holy Spirit would unpack in you, as a believer in Christ Jesus, what does it mean to make widely known the saying which was told to them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But, Mary, she kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned. Returned from where? Returned from telling everyone they could find about what they had just experienced and witnessed. And the glorifying, they praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. You are great. You're greatly to be praised. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. And Father, today I pray... That this Christmas story would be as if it was the very first time in our entire life we have ever heard it. So that we can go tell it on the mountain. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, back to my story. I'm now in Arizona. I am a fresh-faced Southeastern New Mexico boy who is doing very good at college at West Texas State University, and God changed the plans. In week one, they load you up in a van, and they show you where you're going to be doing bus routes for the rest of the year. Bus routes were so exciting. It means you were going to go to the inner city. You were going to knock on doors, get kids to go to your kids' church. Now, I just want you to picture in your head real quick what you think inner city kids church must have looked like in 1992 okay just picture just think of your mind what must inner city are you looking at kids that are just sitting there so respectfully are you sitting are you looking at kids that are just sitting there and they can just you know they're just angels they're just complete angels so my mom showed up the other day and we're at that place in our life I guess that she's no longer storing my crap at her house And she's bringing it by the truckloads, and Heather and I are going through it, and we came through some old pictures. Now, if you've ever heard the bus route story before, I've never shown you a picture because I never knew where they were, and we found them. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to show you Inner City Kids Church, 1992 in downtown Phoenix. I have not seen them in a long time, and here it is. Look at that. Okay, we got another one. We got another one. Yeah, is that that's a lot of kids? That's a lot. That's every Saturday. That's every Saturday at 11 o'clock. I think we, we were we were handing out flyers. Maybe this was after lunch, but this is every Saturday. There is no room. There's pee stains everywhere. Um, there, there's food everywhere. It, we've torn the place up. Afterwards, it took longer to pick the place up than it was to actually have church service. It, you see, the bigger kids, the little kids are on the floor. That's where we got the peace things from. And 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 not this is this is the group. This is the group that would be the, the older kids. And sometimes their little brothers and sisters came in. And in the other building was the little kids, and we would take care of them. This was every Saturday for two years of my life. And I've never, ever showed you the bus. And before I show you the bus, I want to I wanna tell you the story on the bus. Imagine me in downtown Phoenix. I look a little different, don't I? And that was the thing I found. They drove the bus to the corner of Van Buren Street. And on Van Buren Street, they kicked me out. And my, my, my bus partner, Kelly, and it was Kelly Girl and Ty. And, and we were supposed to go knock on doors and ask kids to go get on the bus with us. And if you can't tell, I look a little bit different than everybody who lived on Van Buren Street. I didn't know where to start. And I would start just by knocking on doors. It was world's largest snow cone day. And um, one by one, no one wanted to get on my bus. No one wanted the new kid. Who's this guy? I felt so depleted because I had been told my whole life, God can use anybody. My whole life I've heard God could use anybody. Can I tell you, it doesn't sometimes start off that way. Amen. And I went to every door in that neighborhood and nobody put their kids in my hands to take to kids' church. The pictures you saw a minute ago, this is what everybody else did on their route. They were able to get kids on. They, were, they had cool shoes. I had cowboy boots. <laughs> they had designer jeans. I had Wrangler's. I had cool t shirts. I had long sleeve brush poppers. Remember those? Yeah, and and so I'm really sitting here doubting everything that God has brought me to at this point. Have you ever doubted God? Have you ever doubted if God really knew what He was talking about by using you? But an amazing thing happened. I went home that day, and my mentor, Lloyd Ziegler, turned to me and said, Ty, what is going on? You look down, you look brokenhearted. And I said, Z, man, I need to change me. I need to change me. I need some cool shoes like everybody else, not these boots. I need some other than Wranglers. My mom only bought me Wranglers my whole life. This brush proper is not working in Arizona, okay? And, and Lloyd turned to me and he said these words. And these are words I just want you to hear. He said, Ty, don't lose it. Use it. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. They're not getting on my bus. This is, come on, Can we not have better ideas than that. And so for a whole week, I had to think about, don't lose it, use it. Don't lose it, use it. So the next week, I showed back up on the same corner of Amburen Street, and I was dressed the very same way. But this time, I brought something else. And I just figured, heck, if we're going to go down, let's go down in a blaze of glory. And I brought my my rope, and I was just ready to go. And so I literally stood on the corner of Van Buren Street, and I did this, okay? Y'all are not going to be impressed, but the fact is, is that anybody can do this in southeastern New Mexico, and nobody can do it in downtown Phoenix. So I just did the butterfly. And the more and more that I did the butterfly, I kept hearing noises behind me, okay? I kept hearing noise in my head and, and, I, and I and I stopped, and I realized there was a whole mess of kids up on the second floor of this apartment building. And they said, hey, mister. And I said, yeah, what's going on, guys? They said, can you rope me? <laughs> I said, challenge accepted. And so here they came. Now, listen, if you are ever around somebody with a rope, and they say, take off, you're supposed to just walk. And if you want to, turn. They'll love it if you turn. They'll love it if you turn. But you just walk. The reason why is because if you take off running and he ropes you, you're going to go down. Okay, And so I had this little inner city boy come up and say, okay, I'm ready. I said, okay, I'm ready too. And he takes off running. Well, what am I supposed to do? Let him go. And so I just reached out there and I grabbed his leg and right there on the asphalt, the little boy just went Wham. Now, I want you to picture this, okay? There is a little inner city boy laying face flat on the asphalt with a white cowboy holding a rope like this. (laughs) And I'm thinking, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And all of a sudden, kids just began to run from all over the place. They said, can you catch me? Can you catch me? And this little boy gets up and his hands are bleeding. Chunks of, of stone is in his hands. And he goes, Oh, my gosh, he did it. <laughs> that morning, I was roping kids everywhere. I, I was hula-handing kids. If I missed, they didn't care. They, 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 they're just amazed that I caught the one. And I was roping kids left and right and left and right, left and right, and having a blast. Now, keep this in mind. The week before, no one got on my bus. Nobody got on my bus. But in this whole week, I had to think about, don't lose it, use it. Ty, what does that even mean? Don't lose it, use it. You should talk to God about it. God, what does it mean to not lose it, to use it? How could you ever use me in a world that I'm not from to tell people about you, who you came for? See them. And I heard a noise behind me. And it was the horn of the bus. Honk, honk. And I forgot about kids' church. Totally forgot about kids' church. And I turned to the kids and I said, okay, listen, listen. We're going to inner-city kids' church. If you guys go, we got a chance. to win the world's largest snow cone, popcorn ball, I don't know, big day. And they turned in and said, are you going? And I said, yes, I'm going. And they go, well, then let's go. And on a bus that sat 70 kids, we packed 117 inner-city kids. Yeah. Now, the picture I'm about to show you is proof of that day. And it's not the day of, but this was my bus route, and this was my bus. That's 18, 19-year-old Ty Bean just trying his heart out to be used by God. These are kids that were on my bus route, who some of them, most of them I roped. (laughs) A lot of them I did jump rope with. I helped them with their homework. When mom needed food, I made sure I got them food. When they needed a ride to school, when they were in trouble, when the police were called on their location, I was a phone call that they made. And these kids aren't kids anymore. Gosh, I bet they're in their 30s now. But I hope I made an impact in their life. Because I truly, truly gave them my best. And I've never showed these pictures ever before in the history of me. And I wanted to come show you guys. Why? Because today we're going to talk about a key part of the story of Go Tell It on the Mountain. And it's the shepherd part. It's a shepherd part to let us know that when Jesus came to this earth and all of heaven told the story about the birth of the Savior of the world, They went to the shepherds, the homeless, the guys that I wouldn't have picked. Shouldn't we pick somebody who could really spread the news better? But in spite of who we would have picked, God chose these men to then go and tell it to the entire world. And the first ones to ever go and tell the good news of the birth of the Savior were these shepherds. And today the title of my message is Go. Go because that is what every person who ever comes to the knowledge of the saving of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he does for us, it is our responsibility to go tell as many people as we can. So today I I have two points. There's two people I want you to pay attention to, the visible and the invisible. If you're taking notes, just write that down real quick. fact it wouldn't be bad at all at the front of your Bible to write always pay attention to the visible and the invisible this is very important and the reason why is because so often we only focus on the visible we only see what we want to see we only see the people who are around us and I don't think that's a bad thing there are people that are in your life right now who Holy Spirit has turned to you and said, you are their only Jesus they're ever gonna see. You are the only people, you are the only person who is in their life to show them the light of Christ, the love of God, and the story that could change their life forever. Do not think that your relationship is accidental. Do not think for one minute that you're just, you just stumbled upon them. I put you in their life. One of the things that we're going to be doing in 2022, the new Jesus sign starts all over. We take all the light bulbs down. We take all the name tags. But the name tags are so important. Because the name tags are people that every one of us has stopped and picked up a name tag and said, this is the person that I'm going to believe God reveals himself this year. They need Jesus. And you put their name on the tag and you pray for them. And then we coach you as a church on how to bring up Jesus in conversations. And I know everybody's response. We're all a little nervous about that. Hey, I'm all good about people getting saved, but God just used somebody else but not me. And that's not how it works, even with the visible. Sometimes it's easier to talk to people who you don't know about your faith than it is the people that you do know about your faith. But can I turn to you and tell you that if you truly understand who Jesus is, talking about him is the easiest thing you're ever going to do. And in spite of our idea of losing something, like our pride or we could get embarrassed, or we could mess this up. What if I turned and told you that the story's already been written and the story's already made for us? All we have to do is just explain, what does it mean to you? Not church, not a pastor, not who preaches the right way, but truly, honestly, what did Jesus come to do? Let me give you a quote. William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. And he addressed everyone that just felt like that they weren't called. He said, not called, did you say? Not called? You're so easily seeing your need for a Savior, but now you don't feel called? Refuse to hear the call? I think you should say, just put your ear down on the Bible and hear him bid for you and go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down on the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful wail for help. I think it's important for us to recognize that there's people pushing us to recognize that God has set you up to be an amazing, amazing voice, amazing voice in the kingdom of God. Was there something else I missed here? Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go back to their father's house and warn their brothers and sisters not to come there. And then look Christ in the face whose mercy you have professed to obey and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. I love what he's saying. What are you going to do when you have to look these same people in the eyes who are now in hell, who now turn to you and say, Why didn't you tell me when we were still alive? And I also like what he has to say because it's eye opening. What are you going to do when you have to look in the face of Jesus, who did everything so that you could just simply go share his story? We go and we go to the visible. The people all around us, the people we know, the people who our heart's going to be beating out of our chest, but the people who we've prayed over and believed over this moment. This is the story of Christmas, that shepherds went and told what they saw, everything that God did, and it was good. But it's not just the visible, it's also the invisible. I've paid more attention to these folks lately, I think it may be because of my age And I'm very embarrassed to tell you that there's more invisible people in my life than there has ever been in my entire life. I'm really bad. And this is me being honest about going to Walmart and seeing everybody I know and waving and saying hello, hello, hello. But the very moment I see someone in need, I kind of find a different direction to look. Quite possibly when I leave Walmart and I'm driving, I'm studying the traffic worse than I am the man holding the sign. As I begin to drive down the road, I see the people who are off to the side of the road who might need help, and I'm just thinking about where I've got to be. And the reality is is that I could come talk to every one of us about the visible, but I'm also going to talk to you about the invisible. And one of the biggest convictions we should all have right now is the fact that it's sometimes very easy in our older age to just not see the things that are so obvious right before us. And Jesus didn't do that. Jesus walked with his eyes open, both to the visible and the ones that the world chose to be invisible. Why? Because each one of them mattered to him. Last week I said this. I know it's a long sentence. It's probably a run-on sentence. That's okay. I'm not an English teacher. But I stand by it. I said, if the good news really means that there is no one too lowly for God to pursue, no one too insignificant for God to overlook, no one too guilty that God will forsake, no one too broken God cannot heal, no one too lost that God cannot find, that he is able to save to the uttermost, then go tell it everywhere. Let me throw a challenge out there. What if... 2022, maybe even 2021, is the first year that you ever shared the gospel with somebody. Now, for those in the room who understand how important it is to you, then you know how important it would be for somebody else to hear what you heard. This is the year coming up that we could all grow in our faith to be stretched, to, um, to begin to see the God plan over and over and over again. And not only the people that we know, but also in the people that we hardly know. Stand on the corner. I was just there to be used. Some of you have giftings and talents you don't even realize are there to be able to build a relationship. Now, here's the dangerous thing. If all of you walk off and go, well, that was just a cool, cool little trick that Ty had. If I could do that, if I had that trick, I'd tell people about Jesus too. If you see this as a trick, you miss the whole point. It's a tool. It was the only thing I knew to do. I, I didn't know how to do a lot of things, but I knew how to do the butterfly. What if I turn to you right now and some of the things and tell you, some of the things that you just take as for granted are actually tools that could be used to invite people to your house, to build up a relationship? Because don't you know that in this world we live in today, we need less pe- preaching and we need more relationship witnessing? Preaching's awesome. And you heard my, my sermon last week about beautiful are the feet who preach the good news. But in the world we live in today, in a society that has very little relationships, can you imagine what your bread recipe could do to get someone to your house to try out different flavors of jam, to then be able to sit back and talk about how God changed your life for all the grease monkeys in the room that you just think why would anybody want to come hang out in my garage have you ever seen a bunch of grease monkeys leaning over the hood of a truck and can you imagine if you just began to say hey everybody show up we gonna be working on this little project we're just going to be talking and it turned into a relationship where y'all could talk about everything including the greatest story the world's ever known Can you imagine? In fact, I wanna close today's service in a little bit different way. I wanna talk to every person that isn't a Christian. Everyone that would say, I'm still trying to get answers to some of the questions you guys don't even ask anymore. Like, what are you gonna do about the dinosaurs? I mean, seriously, you guys never talk about the dinosaurs. What are you going to do about Moses' Red Sea partying? I mean, impossible, but y'all just keep, we should ask questions. I know you got questions. I know you got questions. I know you got questions. But I would like to just stop. And I want you, as someone who I respect, that can honestly say, I'm not against the story of Jesus. I'm just kind of processing the whole thing. If you have that friend who keeps talking to you about your relationship with the Lord. How are you and God doing? How are you and God doing? What do you think about this? What do you think about King God's kingdom? What do you think about heaven? What do you think about God sending his son? What do you think about that son going to the cross? What do you think about that that, that dead savior now coming back to life three days later? I I wanna tell you something I don't think we say very often. But I would like to say if your friend has ever talk to you about God about what God did through his son you have a pretty amazing friend I'm, I'm serious if you're a husband and you've got that wife that just keeps telling you about Jesus and keeps trying to get you to church and keeps praying for you and you wake up in the middle of the night and it's like her hand's on your chest and you're wondering what she's doing and you just hear her whispering over there and it's three o'clock in the morning and it's just like, it's weird. It's my wife prays for me at three o'clock in the morning. You've got an awesome wife. If you've got a friend who ever asks you to go to lunch and the next thing you start talking about is the story of Jesus, you've got a great friend. And let me tell you why. Because can you imagine how much courage it takes to go against an unknown of how you're going to respond, how you're going to react, what you're going to say to everybody about that person. But they stepped out on a ledge anyway. They stepped out on the ledge because you matter to them. Uh, Let's go back to my rope story. I mean, how much easier would it have been to call my dad and say, I was wrong. (laughs) College is definitely where I'm supposed to be. And I knew the voice of God. I knew he wanted me on this corner. But I loved these kids even before I met them. And I was willing to do something I'd never done before to see something I've never experienced before. You know why? Because the same love that God showed me was the love that I was gonna get to show these kids. And I wrote something for everybody in the room that you're just like Christians are weird man absolutely they're weird Christians are invasive yeah because you matter to them let me show you the paragraph I wrote the greatest respect and honor love and compassion that a follower of Jesus could ever show you is telling you about Jesus and their story of why they chose to follow him And I stand by this. It is the greatest honor and respect and love filled with compassion that anybody could ever show someone to share with them the story of Jesus. So church, I turn to you. And I want to put a challenge. What if this was the year you shared with someone your faith journey what if it went from a a life of apologies to now a life of testimony what if it went from a life of pain to now a life of healing and what if it was the first year you ever stepped up and began to be a tool for the Lord instead of a (sighs) rebeller from God's best. But at the same time, if you're in this room and you've got that friend who just won't give up on you, if you're watching on our online campus right now and you've got that friend who just won't give up on you and just won't give up on you and just won't give up on you, you have been given a gift from God himself. And he or she is just simply doing what the story has been doing ever since it started. They're going and telling it from every rooftop, every mountain, every city, every relationship that God sent his son so the world could know a relationship with the Father God. Father, today I pray for every person in this room. And Father, I pray for those who know you and I pray for those who don't know you. And Jesus, with all of our hearts, we pray that none would perish but that all would have the gift which is you, Jesus Christ our Lord. I pray that you would open our hearts to the reality that this time of year reminds us over and over and over again have faith that even the hardest heart can be melted even the the toughest questions can be set aside even the most rebellious life can turn around and father if we spend our life telling those we love and even with the ones we don't even know about you it is a life well spent Father, let us walk with our eyes open and let us see the ones that are completely visible. We know them. But to also see the ones that are invisible. Father, we love you, we trust you, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said,